Hey there, I'm Lee Rowley, and this is Lee After Dark. Why? Because there's more to being a business leader than just business. Each week, one brave entrepreneur ejects the elevator pitch and tells us about, well, whatever they want to talk about. Today, I have with me Ryan, is it Narus? Am I, did I butcher it? No, well, technically, it's, it's Narus, because it's Lithuanian, but I, the American version is Naris, but honestly. Naris, okay. I, well, I... I I figured I'd get it wrong, but you know why not embarrass myself right off the the bat? Well, my college my college buddies call me Narb. We can go into that backstory if you want, but oh, uh, okay. Well, I'm definitely writing that one down. Okay, <laughs> I'll put it to you this way: my wife, she's she's German. I'm Irish Catholic, and so okay. I'm like the third base coach, just waving them on in. I want as many kids as possible, and she's she's German, <laughs> so she's really mathematical. And I'm going to butcher this German accent, but my wife is like. We will have two kids, one boy and one girl. <laughs> and, uh, and her rationale is she's like, we don't want a bunch of narbs running around. Well, okay. <laughs> so, okay, I, 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 see where, I see where you're going there. Okay. Uh, so real quick, just uh, to tell you the rules are simple. We've got 20 minutes to talk about anything you want but business. And then after that, you've got up to five minutes to pitch all you want. So, uh, you know, it, you know, uh, technically we've got a, a one minute demerit for every time you, you flub up during the interview, but you know, I'm kind of loosey goosey with the rules. So let's, let's just try to keep it to, to personal stuff and then we'll get into your, your pitch at the end. Cool. Sure. All right. Well, I'm going to go ahead and start the, the timer just to keep us honest. And what are we getting ourselves into for the next 20 minutes? Well, I mean, naturally, we're going to start off with the the lady who pooped her pants. Yeah. Oh, wait. Well, we got to do that. Yeah, absolutely. So, <laughs> yeah, so you sent me a list of possible. Time. Thank you for that. Uh, uh, I I really appreciate having something to to get us started. So, your the first thing you you have is a is a clip that says uh, a woman pooped herself in eviction court. So, we got to start there. What's that all about? So I own mobile home parks. So that's okay. my, my deal. And for the most part, it's really boring. But just like the show Trailer Park Boys, there's always a couple knuckleheads in, on a property. And there's some of the stories are just hysterical. So I remember the first time I ever evicted someone, I showed up at her door to serve her the notice that if she didn't pay, that she would... I'd take her to court, right? And I showed up with a police officer because I was terrified. I was mortified that something might happen. And she answered the door and boy, was she on drugs. And the police officer looked at me and he was like, this is, we need to get this person out of this community. This is clearly, like, clearly they're, they're, the money's going to drugs. And it was, it was wow. quite frankly, it was scary. And I would, in retrospect, I'm glad I had a police officer there. And she was getting really aggressive. And I, I think the only reason why she didn't get more aggressive is because a cop was there. But anyway, I remember that night I could not sleep because I was like thinking of all these contingencies about, well, what if she says this? I'm not going to say this in court to the judge. Or is it going to mm -hmm. be like those, those TV shows you watch where you, you've got to argue back and forth? And, and so I was mortified. And I was like, you know what? I really hope she just doesn't show up. Because if she doesn't show up, you win by default. Right. Your case is dismissed. Okay. So I was in Clayton County, Georgia. And if you know anything about Clayton County, Georgia's magistrate court, it's huge. It's like one of the highest volume magistrate courts in all of Georgia. And so I show up there. I'm mortified. I have no sleep. I'm expecting a confrontation with her. 
possibly get a little violent on her end. I'm expecting to argue with her in front of the judge. And I've got all of these contingency plans worked out. And I'm like crossing my fingers like, please don't show up. Please don't show up. Please don't show up. I show up 45 minutes early. And the hallway is like 200 yards. Huge. Wow. And there's no one there because I'm there 45 minutes early except for this woman. And I'm like, oh, oh no. <laughs> she showed up early. And Why? worse. She was the only one there and she was 200 yards away and she saw me and I saw her. And I had to like walk down the wall pretending to be like, oh, look at that on the wall there. Hmm, <laughs> what this is. Because I'm not going to make eye contact with her and walk directly at her for 200 yards. Anyway, eventually, wow. eventually she walks up to me. <clears throat> and again, this is 45 minutes before anything starts. Once I get closer to her, she walks up to me and she looks at me right in the face. And she goes, don't get closer to me. I'm thinking, okay, here we go. Here's the confrontation. Here's where it gets ugly. And I'm like, all right, if that's how you want it to be, that's fine. I'll keep my distance from you. And then she goes, I soiled myself and I'm really stinky and I don't want you to get too close because I stink. Oh, my. Okay, so all of that planning I had to argue in court and everything went right out the window. And she was just like, yeah, I'm terrified. And uh, I literally pooped myself. Oh. And then the, the story ended up really like, I didn't have to do anything. She signed the title over to me. I wrote her a check for the mobile home. And she, she literally looked at me and she's like, can I go now? I'm like, well, no, unfortunately, we need to go in front of the judge and sign this agreement that you're evicted and you sold me the home and you're leaving. And so she had to sit there in court with poop in her pants oh. <laughs> while we had to wait for the judge. And this is Clayton County. So there were like a hundred cases that day. Thankfully we, we got to go pretty quick, but you know, on the one hand I was like, man, this is awful. I'm, I'm kicking this woman out for non-payment and she has to sit here in her own excrement for 45 minutes, humiliated. Like this is a low moment in her life. And then you remember, oh yeah, she's probably on meth and she's basically stiffing everyone around her and everyone in the community is like thanking me for getting her out. So mm -hmm. there's definitely shades of gray to what I do, but yeah. I, uh, and then all my friends in the industry who I told that story to are like, you don't mess with Ryan, you pay him or you'll poop your pants. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Yeah, it's it's good to have a reputation preceding you. Um, I, I I'm a, I'm assuming that you probably never had any interaction with this person again. No, gone. I've that's good. I, yeah, I, she's probably. She, I wouldn't be surprised if she she was dead somewhere. I, that is that is true. Uh, part of me, you know, wants to say, you know what? There's an infinitesimally small uh, potential that that rock bottom could have been what she needed to be like, you know what? I've gone as low as I could go. And who knows? I mean, you don't know. You're right. She could be dead somewhere, but like that could have been the moment where she's like, okay, this is what, what I, this is the position I put myself into. And this is what it's brought me to. You'll never know. Really, I'll never know. I really hope so because I, and later on we'll talk about the charity work and stuff that I do. Mm -hmm. Like I want to bring a heart, to affordable housing, but at the same time, there are so many abusers of affordable housing. There's so many good families that need affordable housing, and there's mm -hmm. so many people who are just really good at pressing any emotional button they can mm -hmm. to get sure. you, the landlord, to give them a little bit more time and just sure. not let them pay. 
and exactly. and so they just get really good at, at abusing the system and someone who's hooked on drugs like i can't let you live there for free do no. drugs make all your neighbors angry invite bad crowds with you especially when there's a lot of kids around so mm-hmm. it's like one of the, it's like one of these things where I, I hate going to the magistrate court but sometimes man they just leave me no option well that's exactly right that's exactly right and so you know i'm sure you've had to do that many more times since then i'm sure Does only ever one other easier? time only only one other time did someone poop their pants that was for my business partner Oh, well, okay. So, so you only have two pants poopings, right? Well, the other one was actually pretty funny because we put, we accidentally put a, a five-day notice on her door. She had paid, and, uh, and we just put it on the wrong door because we had just bought the community, and we had the numbers mixed up. Oh. And she called us, and she was an older lady, and she was like, why did I get this notice on my door? I've paid. And we're like, yeah, you shouldn't have got that notice. And she said, oh, my goodness, I got it, and I pooped myself. <laughs> and we're like, I'm so sorry, ma'am. And she's like, it's okay. I take Metamucil and I, I get constipated, so it helped. So thank you. <laughs> so inadvertently, I helped uh, an old woman with uh, relieve her constipation. Oh, good grief. I don't even know where to go with that. Yeah, I, I, so I'm... I, since I don't know how to respond to that, tell me about the nuclear negotiator for the Iran deal. Oh, that was wonderful. So we bought this property and we, there was a guy who hadn't paid in five years. And come to find out the reason why is because everyone was terrified of this guy. Just Even his mother was terrified. She pays his bill. And it's because we tried to evict him because he hadn't paid. And his mother was like, nope, 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 nope. If he gets evicted, he is moving in with me and I ain't going to have that. So she's been paying his bill for the two years and change we've owned this property. And we soon figured out why. It's because this dude was nuts. So he, he finds us somehow and sends us these bizarre emails that, I, I mean, really, I should just read the emails because they're hysterical. But basically, he, his whole reason for not paying and not needing to continue to pay is because he was a government employee. And his neighbors were Iranian. And this guy gets called, he gets called in to do nuclear, he's one of the chief negotiators for the Iran nuclear deal. And, and he's actually a really wealthy guy, but he's here spying on his neighbors who, by the way, are not Iranian. The guy's name is Jose. So it's because he may not look like you doesn't mean he's, you know, uh, an Iranian spy. Anyway, then I... Naturally, somehow Hillary Clinton's emails get into this message to me and something about James Comey's porn intelligence, which I'm sure this guy knows plenty about the porn intelligence. <laughs> and he just, and then and then he he like sticks the landing with I guess his his badge number or something like that, which was just a bunch of random numbers. And he claims that he works for not the FBI but the FIB. So I was like fitting <laughs> it is it is indeed oh i have to wonder if that part's intentional Who knows? might be uh, you know let's say killers always leave a, a a trace or something like that and, you know uh the same thing applies here i don't i don't know um well i'll tell you what we've we've uh covered some tenants here and uh i wanted 
you mentioned that you'd obtained a black belt in karate. So I want to make sure we got yeah. to that because uh, yeah. way back in the day, I, I uh, went through a lot of martial arts training and did the same thing in Taekwondo with uh, Korean discipline. So I'm always interested to talk to people from who have, uh, who've gone through different martial arts disciplines just to, to see the differences. Yeah. Yeah. So I got a black belt in Haitian Ryu Karate. It's uh, Japanese okay. and it was one of the best things I could have ever done. I was ADHD growing up. I was medicated with uh, I tried a bunch of different stuff, Adderall, Ritalin, found Dexatrin, found Concerta, which is slow-release Ritalin, and that did wonders for me. And also, doing martial arts helped really calm me down and help me to focus. So it was like the best thing ever. And not only that, it also taught me balance because we mixed in a little jujitsu with it, which was great. Just traditional jujitsu, not Brazilian jujitsu, although I ended up doing a little bit of Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, which is totally awesome, by the way, and some Muay Thai, but I only ever got a black belt in Haitian Rukrate and only the first degree. I remember I did it in high school, and my goal was always to get a black belt, and I was obsessed with getting my black belt, mm -hmm. and I got it in under four years. I got it in like three and a half years or whatever, three and, and three quarters, or however many years it, it was, and I just went just crazy to, to get it. I got it a week before going to college. So I was 18 years old and I never attended another class. And I just, I think in retrospect, that's such a, an interesting, it just says a lot about goal setting because if your goal is to even like, if your goal is to become a millionaire one day and that's it, like once you're reaching that worth of a million bucks or once you want to be a black belt, like mm -hmm. once you hit that goal, if that's your goal, you're done. I mean, for me, I was done. I was no longer interested. And I think the, the point of getting your black belt is that you are now a master of the basics, right? Like a black belt doesn't mean I can do 360 degree roundhouse kicks. It just means that now I'm a master of a roundhouse kick and I'm a master of falling and I'm a master of the 360 degree spins. But I, to put them all together is the subsequent degrees of, of, of your black belt. So in other words, the fun part happens after that. But anyway, that's, that's yeah. a bit about my, Okay. Okay. Uh, you know, and, and likewise, it's, it's funny that I, I did most of mine up until I went to college as well and it dramatically fell off for you know obvious reasons. Um, I, I found that in my experience, um, I did the same thing where I really wanted to get that black belt. I wanted to get that goodie, you know, uh, that achievement that, you know, that, that thing that says I've made it. And, I really feel like I missed a lot of the process in focusing so much on the goal. So, you know, honestly, if I were to do it again, I, you know, I would have taken twice as long, you know, because to me, I feel like I missed so much and so many opportunities, but that's just my personal thing. Yeah. I, it's, it's preparing for the battle you'll never fight. Right. And, and, and it's like, there's so much wisdom you know, you, you, like, at least for me, you get into martial arts because you see the Bruce Lee movies and you're like, that's so awesome. And then you watch Jet Li and you're like, oh my gosh, this is another level. And then you get Valid. to class and your whole first month is just stances. Mm -hmm. You're like, when do I get to throw punches and kicks? And it's like, no, if you can't, if you don't have, if you can't orient your hips appropriately, I'm not going to teach you how to throw even a basic punch because you're going to do it wrong. 
You know, like uh, the proper punch is with your, you punch with your entire body. And so it's like lessons like that. We're just like, I really hope my kids take up martial arts at a young age because it just teaches so much discipline and so many things that are right that have carried with me the rest of my life. Not to mention, like I said, with my learning disability, it helped me to focus. But it, there's just so many wonderful things beyond just kicking butt. There really are. There, there really are. It's, it's, it's controlling the body and the mind. And, yeah. you know, it, it, I would definitely recommend it for, for anybody, especially going through high school. Now, you know, I grew up with the, you know, in elementary school, I was the one that, you know, spent all the time shoved in lockers and upside down in trash cans and stuff like that. So, you know, I kind of had that motive behind me too. It was just like, I'm tired of getting my, you know, my narrow rear end kicked every single day. Um, but, uh, you know, obviously I'd seen the Bruce Lee movies and, and, um, and, and all that. So that factored into it too. Um, I, I found that I really wish I understood more about meditation because I know that for the first degree and second degree black belts, that was one of the requirements. It's just, you would do a four hour sit, nothing meditation. And then for a second degree, I think it was like eight hours or something like that. Um, but I really just didn't understand at the time what the heck I was supposed to be doing or, you know, or that there really wasn't a goal to it. It's like, well, what's the, the goal is to clear my mind, which isn't going to happen you know, no matter how long you sit there. Uh, and I really, I, I think just because of my youth and naivety that I didn't really understand what it was really all about. Yeah, I was really lucky to have a sensei who focused heavily on the philosophy. Great. The philosophy is phenomenal. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. It's phenomenal. I mean, it's, you know, I was, I was, very, I was really like you. I, I don't want to say I was bullied, but I was always the scrawny kid. And so, you know, the initial appeal is, is absolutely the, the being able to defend yourself, but it's just, man, I can't, I can't say enough good things about the, the lessons that go so far and beyond throwing an, a, an appropriate punch or kick. Exactly. Yeah. If, if that's all that you're going into it for, then you're completely missing the point. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Well, you know what? We got to, a, a few minutes left here. So, uh, my wife, because my wife and I were recently spent, spent a week in Vegas, uh, and it's the first time we've spent that long wandering around Vegas. I got to get into this one. You said you were FBI wiretapped to be filmed picking up girls in Las Vegas. Yeah. So this is probably one of my most wild stories. So I had, if you've ever seen the show, the pickup Artist with that guy mystery, where everyone makes fun of him because he's like, oh, go and negger. Like, go and like insult her subtly, backhandedly, so you can bring her down a couple notches. <laughs> okay, yeah, okay. Uh, like, you, if you remember, that was on VH1 like 10, 15 years ago or whatever. There's this whole subculture of guys who go out and like strategize how to pick up girls or whatever. Now, I don't know mystery, but I'm, I'm <clears throat> acquaintances with, I guess, one of the people that started his business with them. His name's Nick Savoy. Great dude. Brilliant, too. He's Ivy League, MBA, crazy smart guy, and actually started a business. I think it was called Love Systems, where, and then he ended up selling it for a bunch of money. Okay. But he was a, a friend of a friend of mine. And I've got a, I had a bunch of friends who were like way into that industry. And so I went out. For my first time in Vegas, I went out to hang out with them, and Nick Savoy was like, "Hey, listen, we, for my marketing or whatever, I want to take 
someone who's not overly familiar with what I do and basically send them out into the field, so to speak, and then be there to kind of coach them and, and show them what to do next. And I was like, sure, why not? I mean, if my life is all about making myself uncomfortable to be more comfortable in kind of a backwards way. Like I was really shy as a kid and was just really, really scared. And what I realized is I lacked confidence and I realized that the opposite of confidence is being uncomfortable. Like confidence is just being comfortable in your own skin, right? And so I realized if I just put myself into a ton of uncomfortable situations, I would get comfortable being uncomfortable and I would just be more confident. And so this was like the prime example of that when Nick basically asked, can I literally put a microphone, literally just wire, t like I, I, had, I had this club shirt. It was hilarious because it was a super tight club shirt and a super tight jeans in Club Surrender and Encore in Vegas. And I had to hide like a walkie talkie and like <laughs> had to take these mics across me. And then not only that, there, were, there was a camera crew of like five people. Like, how are we going to do that? That's so. And so basically, I, they were like, okay, we're, we're going to have these five people with cameras subtly filming you, walking around just picking up girls. And then after you're done with what they called a set, which is like an opportunity, I guess, then Nick Savoy would come in and be like, all right, you did this right and you did this wrong. Go back out there, killer. Oh, that's awesome. And, okay. So I got this, I got it on video and I have it saved on DVD at my house and my wife obviously hates everything about it. <laughs> but yeah, I, I, I went out and it was the most amazing thing because I had actually ended up getting like three phone numbers from that event and ended up taking one girl back and it was a very successful night. I will say that. <laughs> and I also, and it was fun too because it was fun too because I got to play jokes off of it. Cause so like the girls would be like, Oh, so what are you up to? And I'm like, Oh, just a camera crew is following me around. And they're like, no, they're not. And so I point at the guy and then the guy's like, Oh, <laughs> yeah, it was, that was, uh, that was pretty crazy. So yeah, I, on paper, that's, that's a wild story of being running around Las Vegas with a camera crew following me around, picking up. Mm -hmm. picking Is up that girls. a microphone in your pocket? Or are you just happy to see me? Yeah, I get it. <laughs> oh yeah. That's awesome. That is a yeah. fantastic story to, to end the list on because you have successfully completed the Lee after dark 20 minute challenge. Yay. And so forth. Awesome. Yeah, no, it was great. I'm like, we've got lots more stories. I'm like, man, okay, it sucks that we can't go another 20 minutes, but you know, I got to keep my word, which is yeah. that you now have five minutes to pitch. Give us your offer. Tell us about your company. Tell people how to contact you. Whatever you want, man. Floor is yours. Sure. So my name is Ryan Naris. It's spelled N-A-R-U-S. Pronounce it however you want. Even NARB if you want. Oh. But So I own and operate mobile home parks. So I've uh, now been a part of 10 transactions roughly 1200 pads and my big thing is i'm not selling anything i'm not raising any money i just want to leave the world a better place than when i got here and what my industry is plagued with as you could probably assume is slumlords and they are the worst because when you over and and my industry is subjected to this 
awful hype story that mobile home parks are just coupon clippers and are, are easy work. And the problem with that is that is exactly the type of pitch you need to attract a slumlord, right? Oh, it's lucrative and I don't have to do anything. Great. Sign me up. So my big thing is I'm trying to combat a hype story in my industry. And I realize the only way I'm going to be able to successfully do that is to inject a different opinion into the, to the space, which is one of, look, this industry is really, really hard, but you can do it. And you can make your life better and the lives of the people living in these communities better. And I'm going to give you my entire playbook for free. I'm not going to charge anything. You can call me whenever you want. You can email me. You can reach out to me on LinkedIn. I don't care. I want to help you start a business so we can fight slumlordism together. So that's my big thing. And I do a ton of charity work. I started a partial scholarship for people in my, my communities. I offer to pay for college applications because they're outrageously expensive nowadays. I even partner with Paylease. So when folks pay their rent, it builds their credit. I do free food giveaways, Bible studies, and I'm constantly looking for other ways I can give back. And the reason is because I want you to know that you are going to be in a safe and clean community. I'm going to help send your kids to college. I'm going to help you build your credit. When times get tough, I'm going to help feed you. <clears throat> and, and, and again, it's all about, I want to leave this world a better place for having been here. So again, my name is Ryan Naris. Best way to find me is on LinkedIn. You can literally just Google my name and I'm pretty sure LinkedIn is the first thing that comes up. You can also find me on my website, archimedesgrp.com. I have a podcast that's called Mobile Home Parks in Real Life, MHP IRL, where I talk about all kind of all my secrets for how to operate a mobile home park efficiently. But I talk about so much more. If you're trying to get into real estate in general, there's a ton of great content there. And there's also a ton of great content if you're just trying to become an entrepreneur too. So it's, it's entrepreneurship told through the lens of mobile home parks. So reach out to me. I don't care if you're unemployed or the CEO of a major company. I want to talk to you and I want to help you. That's really and awesome. And I expect nothing in return. So I'm not selling anything. Fantastic. Well, thank you so much. I really, you know, I commend you for the, the work that you do and, and what you put into the communities that you're helping to build. That's really awesome to see people walking the talk and, and really wanting to, as you say, leave the world a better place. I mean, it's, it's, it's something that we all say, but there are a few of us that really put any significant amount of, of effort into doing it. So thank you for everything that you do. Uh, all of the yeah. links uh, will be in the show notes too. Uh, when this goes out. So people will just be able to click on that and connect with you there. Uh, any last words? Just make the world a better place. Then if that can be my legacy to, to just inspire others to go out there and make the world a better place. That's, that's how I want to be remembered when I'm dead. And, and also Lee, this has been a blast and I'm honored for you having picked me. Cause I know you got bombarded with other folks and I'm, I'm honored that you picked me well you know you have uh, you know you have a fantastic story and and your anecdotes and stories are, are wonderful too i wish we kind of got more of those in because it's been yeah, absolutely hilarious i can't imagine you know some of the other things that you've uh, that you've uh, been through and witnessed uh, during your during your tenure so uh you know definitely check uh right out and do you wait a minute do you have narb.com no why no. not 
there's some things Pure that I, I should probably should probably leave back in college but no that's it's funny you bring that up um I think I sent you like 15 bullet points of stories uh-huh. of my favorite stories and we got to two and just to make fun of you a little bit okay for the audience they didn't know this Lee literally picked the poop one there are I other did. non-poop ones I I did I had to go straight for that you know that this is what I do so all right, cool. Well, listen, we are out of time. So if you found Lee out After Dark more entertaining and relevant than most of the drag out there, give our hosts over at ipmnation.com some love or subscribe to YouTube, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, iTunes, and wherever the heck else the show ends up. This is Lee Rowley with my good friend, Narb. Until next time, be present and be well.